So open your word um, if, to Proverbs 26, 11. It says, like a dog that returns to his vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. <sighs> yeah. You don't like it. That's in God's word. But why do we go back and we do that too. We justify, we relive, we go back to ungodly places, ideas, people who have mocked us, who have mocked God, and we're like, I'm going to put myself right back in that. That sounds like a good idea, right? We do the same thing. God, you know, Proverbs. Who wrote, who wrote Proverbs? Anybody? Okay, I thought I heard someone. Solomon, you know, he was supposed to be, besides Jesus, he, he asked for what? Wisdom? He was the wisest man. So he's putting in here, God gave it, God gave him revelation. He talked about that. He's like, hey, don't be like a dog. Don't keep returning to things that are not of me. Don't keep returning to evil things. So we kind of do that. We kind of go back and think, oh, I, I can just save the world. Jesus already did that. We're just ambassadors, Amen. right? We don't save anybody. Jesus did that. Jesus is the Savior. So sometimes we get this thought in our head and we think, well, this time they're going to hear me. I'm going to make them hear me. How many of you guys would live there? I have lived there. Um, they will see this time that they hurt me. You know, or they'll stand up for me. You think people got your back? They're like, I got your back. As soon as you're down, they're stealing your wallet. Anybody have friends like that? This time it's going to work out. This time I won't get addicted. Whatever it is. We kind of say that to ourselves, don't we? And we end up back at the vomit. So I started thinking about Jesus because I'm thinking, we want to save our family. We want to get all these people. We want to just do everything we can. But I, I thought about Jesus. And I, I was reading the word. And, and Jesus, you talk about when he went in, he could do little in his hometown among his right. family. I mean, these people lived with Jesus. Jesus, who never sinned. You'd kind of notice that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think he did miracles and stuff when he was a child because when his mom said, go make this water into wine, she already knew he could do it. How do you think she knew that? He probably did that at home. Um, but he could do little amongst his hometown, his family. And I'm like, shouldn't they be the ones championing him? Shouldn't they be the ones that are supporting him? Shouldn't they be the first to recognize who he was? Because they should be the closest. They should be our best friend. They should know, right? God put that in his word because he's like, even Jesus, the Savior of the world, God in flesh, his family was like, I don't like you. I'm not going to listen to you. You ain't nothing. And that's when I realized... And Jesus is like, he went away. He said he, feel, he healed a couple people. They couldn't do much. So some people, some places, some things are not for you. Did you know that? Not everybody is for you. Not every church family is for you. Not every Christian is for you. Not every work situation is for you. You know what? Not every blood relative is for you. Did you know that? Guess what? I go, it goes like this. Kingdom family is first, and if my blood family comes under that, what an extra blessing. Because by the blood of Christ, put our order, put things in order. But we, some people are, some places, some things are not for us. And we go out there trying to get them. God's like, don't do that. That's not going to benefit you. You're like, don't tell me what to do, God. 
We don't say it like that, but our attitude is like that inside. Like, you can't make me do anything. And God's like, you're right, because I made you with free will. So, and I'm not saying that people are bad. Like, oh, these people were made for hell. We don't do predestination. We don't do any of that junk. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, like, oh, if they're not for you, if they're not meant to be your best friend or, or, or minister the way that you minister, that, I'm not saying that. So don't think, well, these people are bad and we're good. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying some people are just not in your sphere of influence. We all, God puts us in an area, a place. He, he, we were born into a generation. You know, we weren't born 100 years ago. We are born, you know, here, now. So some people, you're not... You're not going to change them because it's, you're not meant to. You have a sphere of influence that is made for you. God's like, I put you on this earth at this time for this reason. Here we go. But best you can do is limit the influence negative people or people that aren't for you have in your life. And I'm thinking, am I going to waste my whole time preaching to people who who don't want to hear the word and refuse the word and mock God and mock me? Or am I going to listen and say, God, where do you want me to go? I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll go where you want me to go. And God's like, you know, there's a group of people over here that they're ready and ripe and they want to hear the, they want, they want what I have. So for us, it's best that we limit the influence people have in our hearts or ideas or their foundation. We don't come in and say, well, I just got to listen to you know, how they feel about this. No, no, I am not going to listen to lies. I'm not going to listen. You tell me there's all these ways to heaven. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not listening to that. There is one way. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? I'm not going to entertain it so that you think I'm nice. You know what? <laughs> when people did that to Jesus, everyone's like, oh, Jesus is kind and sweet. and you know, he's loved. He is. And he also chased people out with whips. He, you know, he called his own disciple, Peter. He's like, get away from me, Satan, because we aren't having that. I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not going to allow that. That's not coming in. You are not going to change the traje- trajectory of what God sent me here for. Guarding our heart. You know, those people that God's like, those aren't for you, I'm still going to pray for them. I'm going to pray laborers. I'm going to, like, Lord, send people. Drive them insane until they fall on their knees and confess Jesus as Lord. Whatever you got to do, I don't care. I'm going to pray labors. It's in God's word. He says pray for labors. I'm going to do that. I had, you know, there's people that uh, we've prayed for, and they end up in, like, Bible Belt areas. And I thought, every friend your child's going to have is going to already know Jesus. So we pray for labors, you know, so that they can hear and they can receive and that they can come to know the Lord. You know, pray that God visits them in dreams and visions, but you don't have to be the one bringing it to every single person. It's not your job to stand at the door of Walmart or wherever it is and be like, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And people are like, hurry, go in the other door. That crazy person's out there. But you may have the influence when someone walks up to you and they start talking to you in the store and all of a sudden God's like, you know what? Share the love of the Lord with them. That's your influence. Because not everyone is for you. And if you're going to live your destiny, you have to acknowledge that. I'm like, Lord, keep me where. There used to be this show. I can't remember. It's a movie. It was called Hitch, and he's trying to teach this guy how to have, like, game. And he's like, show me your dance. And he starts going, you know, he's dancing. He's like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. This is where you live. 
right here. This is where you live, you know? Stay in your area of influence. It looks better. If you're doing this, nobody's coming near you. They're like, I'm out of here. But if you're just like this, people are like, oh, they look approachable. I could go talk to them, right? See, when you're in your influence, the favor of the Lord falls on you. So quit going back to things that continually make you ill, sick, etc. Why would we do that? I know they're going to be mean to me, but I'm going to go back and hang out with them. I remember being in kindergarten, this story, and even in here, and I wanted friends so bad. I was painfully shy, painfully shy. You looked at me, I would start crying. You took my picture, I would start crying. If you were anybody but my mom, I would start crying. Like painfully shy. Um, I didn't go to preschool because the preschool said we can't have her. All she does is cry. She sits here all day, cries all day. I went three days. My mom's like, yeah, this ain't working. So I'm in kindergarten. I'm like, okay, I need a friend. And I had this friend who, um, she's like, I'll be your friend if you bring me candy tomorrow. And I'll be, you know, and we can, you know, my mom put me on the bus. I'd be crying. I get on there. She's like, you got me candy. You know, so I, and I thought, you know what? That's not for me. It's making me ill. It's making me sick. Like, I don't got no money, so I stole a bunch of candy. <laughs> from the store my sister ratted me out I got in trouble you know what I mean and I thought that's not for me that's not for me and I thought I got to be everyone's friend I'm thinking I don't want that person to be my friend as I got older I realized that but how many of us do that in areas and things in our life like I know this is bad it ends up bad every single time but I'm gonna do it we need to stop and say God is this the place for me is it the place for me, where I am? You know, are these the people for me? We all have circles, you know. God's my first circle. My husband's the only one in the next circle. Then my kids, and it keeps getting bigger. Right? Not everybody gets to come in while I'm taking a shower. Bath. My kid, you know what I mean? We have one bathroom, so we have a non-see-through curtain. You know, not everybody can do that. You've got to have, you know, your area of influence. Know who are your people. Know what season you're in. People trying to make the season. It was so good when I got saved and, that, and this is how church looked and this is how we did this and this is how we did this and I want to keep trying to recre recreate that. And God's like, that season is gone. That's why it's not working for you. You're trying to, do, you're trying to put new wine into an old wineskin. And the Lord's like, I got all these new wineskins and you're refusing to use them. Know your season. I've run into so many people with this drama and trauma and pride and control and manipulation. It's not beneficial for me to stay there. It's not beneficial for you to stay there, right? I mean, there's people that are struggling, and they, they might be struggling with that, and you address it, and, and God can restore that relationship. He can restore anything, can he? But, man, I'm not going to stay somewhere like that because it keeps me from my destiny that God has set before me. I look in the past, would you, I would say probably the past two years, I have come out into areas of my destiny because before I was like, everyone's against me. People don't like it. Oh, women preaching, I'm leading people to the Lord, and it's so sad for me. And Matt's like, can you get over that? And God's like, yeah, could you get over that? <laughs> because, you know, the people that aren't for you, let them go because there's people that need to hear the word of the Lord and you're willing to go out and do you're willing to do anything I ask there, so, so you know what, don't worry about those. And I thought, all right, we're going to do it. You know, I've put up some good boundaries in my life, and I said, was it to you, Lana, last night? I said, man, I've removed some very toxic people from my life. I'm like, who's next? <laughs> like, I'm like, it feels so good because I'm free. I'm not being bound 
by the enemy trying to tell me who I'm not, trying to hurt me, trying to bring harm to me. I'm like, it feels good. I mean, I have Matt. He helps ground me to not get me carried away, if you all know me. I get a little carried away. I saw this thing. Can I share the ADHD thing? So I'm asking him because he'll tell me if I shouldn't. So I didn't know, like, I don't think ADHD is a bad thing. I don't even think it's a real thing. I just think it's personality <laughs> who got it. So I guess I had that when I was a child, but I didn't know. And so they said, you know, if you're, I was reading this thing, and this doctor said, here's a surefire way as an adult to know that you probably had ADD as a child undiagnosed. I said, did you sprain your ankle a ton of times? My whole life was a sprained ankle. <laughs> Which one is the left, the right? I don't know. We bought crutches for me. Um, when I was a kid, and I thought, that's right. But it was just because the fire that God put in me was starting to come out. That's my personality. I'm going to run around. I'm going to jump. I'm going to go talk to people. That's who I am. That's my sphere of influence. You know, I'm going to be the one. I, I only could play basketball for a short time because the coach is like, you got to, like, set up a uh, screen. And I did, and the girl ran into me and got knocked out, and I started crying. It was a fifth grade. I was like, we're done. We're done. So, you know, you got to know who you are. Like, I'm not, the, the world told me that I was tough and mean and rough, so I tried to become that. And God said, I never made you that way. You were soft and gentle, and you're very emotional. I'm like, I don't want to be. He's like, hello, as I'm crying. I want to tell you, if people don't stick up for you and others slander you, they're not for you. Just because they're not saying it doesn't mean they're not endorsing it. Correct or incorrect? See, we got Graham over there. It's a generational church here. Lots of you have grandkids in here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Or if they don't confront you in love when you're doing something that hurts you or others, they don't love you. You're going to let your kid go run in the road? You're going to do that. Oh, they want to. No, I love my child, right? I love my child. I'm not going to let them do that. The same as if people don't do that, they're not for you. When they don't celebrate when good things happen to you, they are not for you. Jealousy is not from God, right? Coveting is not from the Lord. Our house, our neighborhood, whenever we get something, we're like, we got a hot tub, we got a cabin, we got a cow. <laughs> it don't matter whose house it's at, we have that. You know, that's how we talk about, right? These, if you guys, these are my neighbors, they're awesome. But that's how we see things. Because when they do get something good, I know their kingdom, whatever they get is benefiting the kingdom. Whatever we get is benefiting the kingdom. So if they don't celebrate when good things happen to you, they are not for you. If they don't grieve with you when bad things happen, if they're like, you know what, I've had it worse, or it's not that bad, they're not for you. So start looking at who's for you and who's not. Some people move, need to move from your friendship area to your acquaintance. Their job is I'm going to be kind to them, and I'm going to pray God send laborers and for them to come into the kingdom of God or to live actively in the kingdom of God. But they're not sitting here at the table with me. They're not going to continue hurting. They're not going to keep knocking me off my place of destiny that God has set before me. When we keep choosing the same bad situations, 
keep going back to that vomit where you are receiving, you know, when you receive, where are you receiving that discernment? Like, should I do this? And God's like literally telling you no. Like he sent like confirmation over and over. And you're like, I think he's saying yes. I was like, who are you listening to? He's like got a megaphone here. Do not do it. And you're like, I think he said yes. <laughs> Y'all laughing. The ones that are laughing, you're like, I've done that. And I'm laughing because I've done that. Like, I think it's from the Lord. No, I'm just in fear, so I'm just going to do it my way. You know, who are we listening to? If we're listening to people who are tearing us down, who are telling us things contrary to God's word, who are saying, oh, that's never going to happen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What we speak, we're going to get. I tell my kids all that time, I'm like, be careful. Even if you're just, you're having a bad day, be careful what you say, because God said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we're supposed to stay away from evil. In Proverbs 4, let's keep in Proverbs 14, it says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not go the way of evil men. Avoid it. Okay, he said don't enter. Avoid it. Do not travel it. Don't think, well, you know, I can, I, if I travel this with them, they're going to come to know the Lord. God didn't say to do that, did he? Turn away from it and pass on, for the wicked cannot sleep unless they do evil. And they are deprived of sleep unless they make someone stumble and fall. For they eat bread of the wicked and drink the wine of violence. When I was in high school, I had some friends like, we're Christians, but let's go to parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought... I used to sneak out to go to church, but I'm going to go with you because y'all are crazy. Um, and I realized I was not crazy <laughs> at that moment. I, mean, I was crazy, but just in different areas. Okay. Um, and I remember, so I thought, I'm going to go because, you know what, Lord, I'm going to protect them. I'm watching this. I'm always staying in the car. My friends are partying, and I'm just kind of like, okay, Lord, I can't do this. And my friend runs out. She's like, someone has, has this other girl. Her name was also Sarah. And you know what? They're not letting her leave. And he's a big guy. And I thought, what am I going to do? So God's like, get out of the car. And I'm like, but Lord, there's a lot of people up there. And they're all bigger than me. This guy was probably 6'4". And I come up and he's like, she's not leaving. I said, she's leaving with me and the Lord. And don't get in my way. And I went in. I put, picked her up, put her on my shoulder. I walked down the stairs. And I thought, Lord, please be with me. Please be with me. <laughs> You know, we got to know when it's our influence. We got to know when to flee from there and say, I'm not even going to enter that. I'm not going to just mess around for a little bit and think, you know what I mean? Flee from, flee, don't go, avoid, turn from, not hanging out with me because, you know, it's just comfortable here. It's just comfortable. You know, I really, I really want them to see the truth. So if I'm just around that, they will. You know, when they'll see the truth, when we introduce them to Jesus, when our life walks and they can say, I can see Jesus in your life. If they see the devil in your life, they see evil in your life, who are they going to turn to? If you're in the same mess they're in. That was good. For myself. I have to remind myself. If the people around you keep returning to their vomit, it doesn't mean you have to go with them. 
You guys realize that? Doesn't mean you have to go with them. You can love them. You can want the best for them. You can speak life over them. But don't go back to the vomit with them. I want the bread of life. I want the living water. Not only that, I want to be prepared to give the bread of life and living water to others, right? Right? That's what we want. The bread of life, Jesus. We want the living water, the Holy Spirit. You gotta say, I don't want, I don't want vomit. If someone came to your house and you bring out a tray of vomit, they're gonna be happy with you? No. Right? But you want them to sit and, and have conversation with you and get to know you. You bring out a charcuterie board, right? Lots of breads and crackers. Yeah, that's what you do. We have to have zero tolerance for toxicity, for complacency, for rebellion and pride. You know, pride, jealousy, bitterness, hate, two-faced, backstabbing, even timidness. There's the one where most Christians live. I, I just don't want to make them mad at me. Guess what? The enemy's already mad at you. He does not like you. Nothing you do is going to change that. So if someone is under the influence of power and principalities, if they're acting like the enemy, if they're doing things that are sinful, they are not going to like it when you bring the Holy Spirit with you. It doesn't matter how you act. I have a whole group of people who hate me just because I love Jesus. They are never going to like me as long as they're continuing to sit with the enemy. So you can't be like, oh, I just, I just, I just want to show them Jesus. They don't want it at that moment. You come in like Jesus with the whips and say, I don't think so. Not happening here. Not happening around me. Not happening around my family. We aren't doing that. You know what? The Spirit of the Lord is with me. So you best be fleeing. That will never lead anyone to Christ. If we're like, let me get in the mud with you. Roll around. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Evil's never going to side with Jesus. Principalities, all those things I talked about, pride, jealousy, bitterness, they're never going to be like, oh, Jesus, you know, we can, we can have a partnership. Darkness and light cannot reside in the same place. It's impossible. Impossible. I can't say, we're not going to have any light on this side of the room, but we're going to have light on this side of the room. It doesn't matter. That light's going to shine through, right? It's going to shine on the dark places. They can't reside in the same place. So if you have people who continually do that, they make you feel that way, you know, get away from the vomit. Be running. If you don't know how to run, start calling for other people. Help me. Get me away from here. Somebody get the Spirit of the Lord over here. Begin to pray for me. Whatever needs to happen. Drag me out. I don't care what you do. But you know what? Help me. In my house, when someone's vomiting, we yell for dad. He's the vomit one. It don't matter. I don't care how old you are. It don't care if it's an animal, a person. It don't matter. I'm not doing it. I'm running away. I don't do vomit. We need to see that in our lives and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And you can still love people and want good for them. You can want them to meet Jesus. Don't be being like, you know what, they don't act right, I hope they go to hell. That is not right. It's not in the word, you will not find that. No, you should still love them, you still want good for them. It doesn't mean they need to be the ones walking right next to you, helping you carry your cross. Don't share your thoughts and your time with them, that's okay. So I'm going to tell you a story about my life. I like to do that. Because it shows, because you know what, shows, Jesus shows up. 
So I have someone in my, right, my life right now, for most of my life, just really hasn't been good to me, has not been for me, has not stood you know, with me, has you know, allowed people to slander. And you know, I've, I've kept a distance with honor, kept a distance with honor. And um, God's like, you know, I'm, they're going to die soon. And I thought, yeah, I see that. And God said, what I'm asking you to do is just, I wanna, I'm going to give you the opportunity to share the gospel with them. It's not my job to get them saved, right? It's just my, God's like, I'm going to open opportunity for you to share the gospel. And I thought, all right, Lord, I don't have to be their best friend. I don't have to resolve everything with them. I don't have to spend 24-7 with them. I don't even have to invite them into my home or my life. I don't have to let the drama hurt me or change me. But I must do what God says and deposit the gospel. And it's God's job for their heart to be ready to receive it. Lord, I just want to deposit it. I don't have to be like, well, God said this, so i got to drop everything in my life. And, and, and then God didn't say that. He said, all I'm going to do is give you an opportunity to, drop the, to, to deposit the gospel. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm your ambassador. It's not the other way around. I don't tell you what to do. The best way to stay out of that toxicity, only do what God says to do. I mean, if you look in the Bible... Every time they decided, I'm going to do it my way, didn't work out very well, did it? I mean, look all the way back to Abraham. My wife, she old. God's like, oh, that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> right? See, when we think, oh, God, I got this. God's like, oh, you do? You got this? <laughs> so I sure you only do what God says to do. And we know God's will, we know God's character, we know God's heart, because we know his word. The more you know his word, the more you're going to know his character. I'm going to say that, I think I've said that every week for years. So, and then, um, same places like in atmospheres, places that you go into. So we talk about people, but what about atmospheres, places that you go into? So I got permission to share this. So my daughter, Layla, um, she got married to this guy right here, so I have a son now. But she got offered this awesome job, like right when she got married. And she's like, this is so awesome. And like, he's a Christian, he's kind, he's generous, the boss is just a good person. And he is. She started working there. The problem was, is he allowed rebellious people, he allowed pride in his office and this person was harassing and mistreating Layla and and saying things about her and doing all of this stuff and just picking at her um, but instead of correcting this person's behavior he's like just just be okay with it and Layla's like do you know who my mom is that's not gonna work for me and she's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, you know what? If you stay in a place like that, you'll begin to believe the lies of that person. I said, you go honorably to that man and say, thank you for offering me this job. And I said, God will open up a job. And God opened up a job. She's spread the gospel there. She got like a huge pay raise in that moment because she did what God said. She didn't just stay there because like, well, it should be good. You know, they're believers. So this should be where I should be. God's like, no, I want you to go over here because these ones, they're ripe, they're ready. Their heart is not in rebellion. They're not in fear. They want, they're hungry for the gospel. 
So we got to know atmospheres. Just because you're like, oh, this looks like it, it's the best place for me. That looked great. People do that all the time. Like, I want to work in ministry. I'm like, you do? You, you want to work in ministry? So, like, you want to set up chairs all the time and, and be running around and cleaning toilets and, you know, everybody hates you all the time. At least one person. You, know, everyone gets, you guys all get together and decide who it is. <laughs> I'm joking. I've never felt that with you guys. No, no. But you see even our atmospheres that we go in. So I love that because she went to the Lord and I said, you know what? If you do it with honor, God will bless you. If you don't, because she wanted to be like, I'm going to tell her. And I thought, what, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get in the path of the enemy and do what he does? Do what she's doing to you? And you're going to do the same to her. So then you're going to look like the enemy. Oh, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah, maybe you don't want to do that. <laughs> and she decided, I'm going to do what God says to do. I'm going to follow the word of the Lord, and I'm going to bring honor. And it brought honor to their household, to her place of work, everything. So it was just good. Because here's the problem. We've got to stop trying to convert demons, guys. <laughs> I'm not saying people are. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about we can't think that a spirit of pride is going to eventually be like, oh, yes, I see what I'm doing. I see how I'm acting. Uh-uh, I'm not. So don't be like, oh, that person, they were mean to me once, demon. Don't. No. I'm saying powers and principalities can be in places, they can be in atmospheres that they're allowed to be in. There's sometimes I've walked in places, I'm like, nope, not even going to be there. You ever walked in someone's house after they just had a fight and you're like, I feel like something happened here. You know why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is, is living in you. When we accept Christ, so we can feel atmospheres. Like I said, God, what am I supposed to do here? Sometimes he's like, I got it figured out. You just be quiet. <laughs> he says it a lot, doesn't he? So things like anger, jealousy, pride, all those things, those principalities, those things are never going to acknowledge Christ. Quit trying to convert powers and principalities. We are, we are to go and present the gospel to people so that their spirit can be reborn through Jesus, through the blood of Christ. So I started thinking about going through Jesus, I thought about him on the cross. In, in Luke 23, 39, it says, one of the criminals hanging there began to shout insults to Jesus. You're hanging on a cross. You're in pain. You still had the energy to shout insults to Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Then save yourself and us too. But the other criminal stopped him. See, a lot of times we just say the other criminal, you know, looked to Jesus, but this actually said the other criminal stopped him. So I don't know what he said, but he said, you, he said this, but then you don't know why that he, the other one stopped talking. He said, you should fear God. All of us will die soon. You and I are guilty. We deserve to die because we did wrong. But, the man, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you begin ruling as king. Then Jesus said to him, I promise you, today you will be with me in paradise. He's in there. The other guy got one line. We don't know if he kept shouting or if he, you know, I don't know. Maybe he died in that moment. I don't know. I have no idea. We don't know what happened to him. But you know what? Even in that moment on the cross, think of it. These were 
thieves. They were next to him. Jesus spent no time with them except the cross. Like, he didn't know them. They weren't his disciples. And he wasn't living alongside of them. Um, you know, he wasn't saying, like, oh, you know, whatever you choose, that'd be cool. It's fine. Like, you can go on stealing. Not a big deal. Like, like you know, eventually it, you'll be convicted about that. It's fine. No, he didn't do any of that. He spent time with people like that, and what did he say? Um, I love you so much, you're going to stop doing that because that's leading you to death. He did that all the time, didn't he? He never just said, oh, I'm going to come have dinner with Zacchaeus, and it's fine. You can just keep taking people's money and all of this. He's like, yeah, we're going to have dinner. We're going to talk, you know, and and, and we're going to flee from evil. But with these guys, Jesus didn't have any time like that. And... You know, he didn't stick around and say, oh, this, this other guy in the cross, he hasn't seen yet who I am, and I'm going to try to convince him here. Like, no, I really am the Messiah. Oh, show me. But I really am. Jesus is like, I don't have time for that. You know, I'm the Savior of the world. I don't need to convince you. I just need to do what my Father has sent me to do. And we need to think, like, if Jesus did that, We can do that too. We don't, need to, we don't need to convince people, this is the truth of God's word. We just need to present the gospel. I don't even know if Jesus acknowledged the other guy or if he just turned to the guy and said, hey, you're gonna, you know what? I see that. You can see that's so good. You're going to be with me in paradise. I don't even know if Jesus gave the other guy any attention. He was probably too focused on like, um, I, have a, I have to go uh, get the keys from hell here soon, so, you know. I'll see you there. I don't think he did that. That was me. I'm just joking. Jesus died and went, and, and went to hell, took the keys, sent it into heaven, you know, and he gave us the Holy Spirit, and he wasn't going to let one spirit of pride and mockery stop him. How many of us have been stopped by just one little spirit going, you can't do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you, you know. Look at you. Oh, look at you going to church. Yeah, I do go to church. You want to come with me? <laughs> oh, little Miss Christian. Someone said that about me this week. Um, and I was like, thank you for noticing. <laughs> Put some coals on there. What are you going to say? She was nice to me. And it made me mad. I wanted to hurt her. Well, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you to have experiences with the Lord. <laughs> Maybe not with me. Knowing your timing, knowing your circle of influence, how to move and preserve the truth. What's the truth, guys? Jesus. Jesus. Yes, I feel like I'm getting that because he is the way, the truth, and the life. You know what? Opinions don't matter. People's well, I just don't know if I agree with that doctrine. Well, Jesus is the ultimate doctrine. There may be things you don't agree with, and but you know what? Jesus... If he said it, that's truth, because he is truth. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. There's no your truth or my truth. There is just the truth. Not everyone and everything is for you. Not every church or even every Christian is meant to participate in your destiny. There's people all over the world. Like they, I can't be in every single person's destiny. You can't be in every single person's destiny. Even in, even in this church. You know, if I just, if, if we each gave each other two minutes 
every single Sunday, like I have to talk to every single person, that probably wouldn't even work. Like, you know, you get 10 people and you're like, where did my time go? Yeah, yeah, it goes fast. You know, so we have an area of influence. The people that God's like, I need you to speak to them today or I need you to partner with this. We need to know our area of influence, who's for us in that season, in that day. Your season might be a day. Your season might be, you know, years. I don't know. That's why we have to discern that because we know the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. <laughs> you know, there's different people, different seasons and places on the earth that need different anointings, right? You know what? There's places that I can't go and preach the gospel. You know? Like, we have, we have part of our network. They go to Pakistan. I can't go there dress like this, and preach the gospel, right? So then should I just be like, no one there should hear the gospel because they don't let, no. No, there's different anointings, different people, different places. You know, our friend Billy, he's got apostolic calling. He's like, I got invited to Pakistan. I'm like, yes, you know? And they're starting ministry there, and people are getting saved all over. I mean, if you guys understand, Pakistan right now is like, it's getting... Every, people are getting saved left and right. Like, there is multiple ministries that are coming there. And I thought, Lord, send them. You know, I'm going to pray for them. That, that's my part of influence. You know what I mean? we got to stay in our area of influence because every spot needs different anointing. You know, find your people, find your places, and grow. And when you see other people's gardens growing, be excited for them. If you see other people's gardens being overthrown by thorns, you know, pray for the gardener. Because that ain't your garden, right? I don't go weed the neighbor's garden. Sorry, guys, I don't. <laughs> I don't go weed the neighbor's garden. But if they're going to give me fruit out of it, I still accept the fruit. <laughs> but I also don't ask you guys to weed my garden, right? Do you come weed my garden? No, no, no. no. You know, but if you see thorns, pray for the gardener to tend to it. You're not every single person's gardener every place. Ask God, is there anything I can do for that garden over there? You know, looks out of control. Maybe God's like, you know, you could turn the sprinkler on for him. Okay, I can do that. But it's not my job to take care of that. Take care of where he put you. He might say, don't go over there. Those thorns are really bad. You're not made for that. You'll be overtaken. He might say, just toss some seeds as you go by. That's what I want you to do. Just be a good steward of where I put you. Don't allow every thorn or root to take root in your or every thorn to take root in your garden. Ask God, where am I supposed to be? Where is my area of influence? You know what? Who is for me? Who is against me? And you know, you you'll think, I don't know my destiny. It will your vision for what God has for you will get so tunnel vision and you'll be able to see so clearly the call that God has on your life when you start getting rid of all the junk that's trying to get you to look to the left, to the right, everything else. He says, does he say take the wide road? No, he says take the narrow road. We got to start doing that because we're going, oh, I got to stop and pick flowers and I got to help, you know, do this and I got to do, I we are not Jesus. One king. We're just ambassadors, and he's like, you're over this area. That's what ambassadors do, right? They're like, you're going to be over this country. You're going to speak here. You're going to do this. You're going to... That's what we are. So we say, all right, Lord, where do you want me? That's when you start looking at. Where do you want me? Don't just sit and do nothing. 
but start getting the thorns out so that you can start moving forward. Let's pray.